Welcome to this week's CFP 100, where we recap all the latest action from across the nation in the college football, and we also break down the semifinals. The final rankings have finally came out, and we will break it all down. But joining me today is Buckeye Anthony Fertini, like always. What's up, Buckeye? What's up, bud? How are you? We're doing pretty good here on the East Coast. Yeah, just a couple of... Uh... About an hour and a half, hour and a half south of you. <laughs> well, yeah. Did Did you see it was like raining all? It was like warm rain for the past couple days. It was snowing here. I woke up with snow this morning. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You wake it up, but like I didn't see anything on the ground. Oh really? Yeah. Here it was no. actually snow. Maybe just... the uh, ghost of Ed Orgeron said, "Go Tigers," and it all went away. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? But just want to. Uh, You're sending two Buckeyes to the New York for the Heisman, though. Two yeah, of them. Chase Young and um, Fields. Oh my God, Justin Fields. Yeah, I was surprised Justin Fields is in there. I think honestly, I got to say Joe Burrow deserves it. I really do. Oh, no um, doubt about it. I think it's like just, the biggest no-brainer. And he was a Buckeye too, actually. Until he, got, ah, until he, he went did to LSU. most of his stuff at LSU, though. Yeah. Oh, he did all of it at LSU. Yeah. He deserves it because he just played. He just played relentless this year. I mean, he just nonstop every game, every single game. He was almost an Ohio Bobcat. Really? That's random. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was his first offer since his dad offered him. Uh, I think his dad was the coach there huh. at the time he was getting recruited. But, yeah, I'm shocked that uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't get anything at all. He should have yeah. been a finalist. Dude, that he guy could... was a monster. Oh, he's a hell of a running back. Yeah, he's got some quick feet, and he's tough. He's 20, really tough. He's I not that big. 23 touchdowns, like, this year. How do you keep a running back out? Yeah. I mean, I get Justin I... Fields was pretty good, but he wasn't spectacular. I would take – honestly, I would take Justin Fields – or I'd take uh... – Jalen Hurts, I don't know about that, honestly. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, because you gotta you gotta win football games. Like you can be really good statistically, but you gotta win big football games. And they were losing to like Kansas State or whatever it was, and they were just having a hard time. So I'd probably take him out. But it's also individual, so it's kind of going off of uh, off their stats. There's a lot of good football players, you know, and you can only have four. It should, it should have been so. Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and then uh, Jonathan Taylor, in my John- opinion. Jonathan Taylor, I can agree. I, I, cause he's, he's very, 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 very talented at what he does, and he's very tough uh, when he runs the ball. Kind of reminds me almost like a twenty-one touchdown, a little bit. Yeah, twenty-one well, touchdowns. He, he was scary to stop, but. Two thousand um, yards. Before we get going, I just want to say something real quick. Did you see uh, the Jersey Jersey City shooting? Yeah, I saw. I saw that. Uh, Keatsy Inuwa was like really close to it. Oh my god, it's just horrible. And uh, yeah, it's just I can't believe this world nowadays. It's just like, everybody's just. <sighs> It's just losing it's their tough. mind at some point, yeah. But uh, big um, prayers out to the families of those affected. Um, I know that one cop that was only 39 years old, married with a family of, I think, five kids or whatever it was, and now now the wife's all by herself and has to do the job of raising all those kids. So 
prayers out to all those families that um, were affected by that. Absolutely. Um, you have all said. The Jonathan Taylor's second in the nation in yards and touchdowns. Who's first? Like, I'm looking at the stats here. Oh, Ezekiel. Well, no, 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 no. Like, this year alone. Jonathan Taylor's, uh, like, second in rushing yards and first – or um, in second in uh, touchdowns. Who's first? For rushing? Yeah. He's sailed out of Salem, New Jersey, too. I forgot he's a Jersey boy. Who is um... – Oh, that dude from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, actually, Chubba Hubbard. Oh, Chubba. Oh, yeah, that guy's yeah. good, too. Yeah. Really good. He's got 1,936 yards, Jonathan Taylor right behind him, and then J.K. Dobbins with 1,829. Well, who's first in touchdowns? Touchdowns, I don't know. For running? For rushing, yeah. Oh, for rushing? Well, Jonathan Taylor has 21. Yeah, so... which I'm like, who the hell has more? Yeah, uh, J.K. Dobbins has 20, so, um, well, they're tied. So, Chubba Hubbard there, and then Jonathan Taylor tied. And then um, it's that dude, who is this right here? I see from Western Michigan Broncos, Levante ah. Bellamy. He's got 23. Oh, wow. That's random. He's he's five. This guy's five nine. He's a senior. He's five nine. He's one hundred ninety pounds. He has twenty three touchdowns. That either means he's really quick or really savvy um, getting through the line because that's crazy. Usually the big small yeah. guys like that don't score touchdowns like that. Western Michigan's usually a really good MAC uh, football program too. Wow! Oh my god, that's crazy. I thought he'd be much bigger than that. At least like two twenty. Well, you don't really get those big um, running backs in those small schools. You usually get, yeah. like, your undersized guys that can, like, run like deer. Yeah. yeah. For example, Phil Lindsay was a stud at Colorado. He he was just amazingly fast, but he was kind of small, like a buck 90 and, like, 5'10". And now yeah. he's doing perfect for the NFL or uh, in the NFL with the Denver Broncos. Right. It, it, it's just it's just when it comes to recruiting, like all the big running backs go to the big schools. Yeah, of course. But there are some talent that comes out of these random schools, like um, like Buffalo when they had Khalil Mack. Right. Yeah, I'm saying it's a dime or dozen. Oh, absolutely. Usually there was like a yeah. knock on a guy or two, and they go to like a small school or uh, junior college beforehand, and then right. they like transfer in their junior or senior year, or they're just like balling studs. Like uh, Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Who, who would have thought Josh Allen was an NFL quarterback coming out of Wyoming? Or even Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State, which yeah. is not even FBS. It's an Matt, FCS school. Matt Ryan out of uh, Boston College, right? Yeah. London Fletcher at a D3 school product, man. Uh, he was yeah. a longtime linebacker for the Giants and the uh, Redskins. Mm. So anyway um, – we have our final four, but before we do that, we're going to recap um, championship weekend. A lot of, uh, I would say, blowouts, a couple of exciting games. Oregon absolutely dominated Utah. Man, I was so wrong about Utah. Oregon won the Pac-12 championship 37-15 uh, to 15 over Utah. They are going to the Rose Bowl. Oklahoma and Baylor went into overtime. Baylor was on their third-string quarterback. <laughs> Oklahoma scored in the first possession of overtime, and 
had a defensive stop to where they won the Big 12. They ended up getting in number four. Uh, Miami, Ohio won the MAC championship. Appalachian State won the Sun Belt. FAU won Conference USA. Cincinnati and Memphis was a really close game, and Memphis pulled away in the American Athletic Conference. LSU absolutely destroyed Georgia 37-10 in the SEC championship game. It was the Joe Burrow show all day against a really good Georgia defense. Um, Boise State handled Hawaii in the Mountain West championship. Clemson absolutely put a 60-burger on Virginia in the ACC championship. They are going back to the playoff. And Ohio State and Wisconsin. Wisconsin was up on Ohio State for the first time. Ohio State's trailed all year, but Ohio State was able to score 24 unanswered points to win the Big Ten Championship, 34-21. to They are also in the Final Four. So the Final Four is LSU's the number one seed. They will be taking on the four seed Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. And then in the Fiesta Bowl, we have the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the dangerous Clemson Tigers. So we look at the top four and I think I think there's no argument with the top four right now as to opposing years, correct? I think these are the top four teams right now. I like LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. I think they're just picking them because they just beat um, Baylor By default, for the second time. Default. Yeah. Last as, far as, being, as far as being a true playoff team, I don't think Oklahoma should be in there, but uh, we'll take them. Yeah, I think it's very clear that there's three dominant teams this year and then – it was a matter of who's going to survive for that fourth spot. And Oklahoma, granted, they were down to the I mean, dump. Tw- wins the losses. Weeks ago. Yeah. Wins the losses. 12-1 and one versus 11-2. and two. If you're going to ask me about talent-wise, I want Oregon in that fourth spot. because Not because they beat Utah, but because I know that they have a good program there out in Oregon. And it goes they back blew it, once again. Always, it goes back to just their culture that they have there that Mario Cristobal holds, and also their strength coach, Aaron Feld, does a great job with those guys in the offseason, and even during the season, they just do it right, and it shows, and they, they show up in the big games. That's the big thing in college football, is showing up in the big games. Yeah, they blew it. They should have beaten that, or, uh, Arizona State, but, you know... Whatever, and then that uh, that Auburn victory became huge for them because I feel like if they would have lost to Arizona State, you would have had a true argument between um, Oklahoma and Oregon. Just, but it's just kind of hard when when it comes down to that. But yeah. who knows? You I know. mean, that lost to Oklahoma State has really played them. pretty damn good. Oklahoma's offense is pretty good, but um, the back end of the defense is kind of. Uh, sketchy a little bit if you're going up against a really good team we keep seeing it year after year in the college football playoff every time they get in but yeah. they're in five the five-time big 12 champions so the typical oklahoma <laughs> but anything to add from uh anything looking forward to between i mean ohio state and clemson has a national championship feel to it Whoever was going to get paired with Clemson was going to feel like a national championship game. Do you want me to go over the games of last week, or do you want me to just go straight into like the playoff? 
Uh, you can go over to. I don't really have much opinion on the games last week because they were they were like just one sided. Besides, Wisconsin played Ohio State very well, which we kind of expected them to, because playing an opponent second time within your own conference is hard enough as it is already. But I don't really have much opinion on the games. But if you have an opinion on some of the games, go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'm not going to contradict. I'll start Ohio State, Wisconsin, since we're already on it. Um, you said it very well. It's very true. Um, it's very hard to beat a team twice, but it's even harder to beat a team that's very, very good. And Ohio State is a very, very good team on offense, on defense, on special teams, on coaching, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to repeat it because I always say it every week. Um, they had me shaken up there in the first quarter. They really did. Uh, they just could not get things together, and um, it showed. But Justin Fields winded up throwing almost 300 yards, three touchdowns with no picks. He almost had one pick, but no pick. J.K. Dobbins once again came up big. I was kind of a little concerned why they were running him so much because durability is an issue this late into the season, and especially against a good team in a big championship game. You don't want to keep running your same players and – taking the chance of overworking them and getting them hurt. For example, like Saquon Barkley, when he had his injury weeks ago, um, just goes to show that no matter, you know, sooner or later you can get hurt. But Ohio State pulled out the win on that. Um, they just had a couple big plays that they are able to come back from. Uh, K.J. Hill in the end zone, he's now leading that school in all-time receptions. And it was just a big play by Ohio State being able to drive that ball down the field. And like you said, score, um, I think it was 20, 27 unanswered because they scored 17 in the third and then 10 in the fourth. And they just were running it. So, oh, yeah, uh, there you go. 27 close, instead of 24. Close Stat game. correction. Close game. Still a little worried. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching. It's just really how you can use your players and what adjustments to make on the fly and the ability to adapt to it really quick. And Ryan Day and his staff have been there, and they know what to expect and what to do, and they do a great job of adjusting. Uh, has um, Ryan Day actually been there, though? This is his first year, man. He hasn't been in a big moment like he's about to get as, into. As far as head coaching, you're just a coach of the coaches, so it's just more about managing people than it is the X and O's. Now, he's got all his other well, guys to take it, care of that When it stuff. comes to crucial moments, man, like – the fake, the fake punt in that game was actually a good idea to get momentum well, back on the Buckeyes, but they lost that, it immediately because they went three and out. Yeah, yeah, and that you can't do that. You got to score, and and we really know he them when they were able to the do offense it. too because he's still like the OC of that, no doubt about it. So I'm waiting for him to make like when they're in the fourth down and they need a score to make a certain play call that's going to be fabulous, and you're like, oh my goodness, what a play call. You know, I mean, I'm still waiting for that moment from Ryan Day. I've seen it from everyone else in the playoff, but not him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. That fourth down punt, fake punt to a to a reception that was a that was a huge game changer. That really is what turned that game upside down. But I they went three they and out do that. right after that. It didn't it didn't really affect anything. Yeah, but it still it it. It turned the sides in the game. It got, it got them juice. Yeah, it got them energy. It got the stadium going, and it got the team going. You saw it. You saw them drive. And, man, Justin Fields did not put the ball in the hands, and the receivers came up huge. I don't know if you've seen the receptions, 
but Jeremy Ruckett had like a catch of the year. He was like diving one hand in the back of the end zone. Oh yeah, like, I saw that. that catch. Tight end. Yeah, and then KJ Hill too. Like he, Justin Fields is just not on his game, and it, it it showed a little bit. Three touchdowns, yes, but he's usually right on the money, and it it was struggled a little bit in that game. But anyways, they won thirty four to twenty one. Moving on, LSU destroyed Georgia. Um, I knew this score was going to be, you know, I knew that LSU was going to have no problem mishandling this team. And I uh, thought it was going to be close. It, to I really did. See, I didn't uh, think that. I just because I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking talent wise. LSU is just too talented, and this just goes to show that's very much nowadays an offensive game in college football. And Joe Burrow is dominating, and Jake Fromm just did not play good. He went less than 50% on his completions. He went from 20 to 42. He only had 225 yards, which is which is good, but one touchdown, two picks, that's that's not good. That you know, you got to get that you got to get the ball in the end zone. You got to be throwing more touchdowns and interceptions and you just cannot get together this this year. Memphis beat Cincinnati. I was hoping Cincinnati was going to win, but this was a good game, too. They kept going back and forth the whole game, but Memphis won by five points, 29-24. Oklahoma beat Baylor in another showout. This was an overtime game as well, 30-23. to um, Funny again that I was hoping that Baylor was going to win, but Oklahoma pulled out the win. And then um, Jalen Hurts only went 17 for 24, 284 yards. is very slow for him. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, and yep, 30-23 win for them. And then moving on to Clemson, Virginia, this was just a blowout. We knew that Clemson was going to be able to walk all over this team. It's just no competition between um, quarterback matchups, uh, running back matchups, and even the receiving squad. His guys were just balling all out of this team. 14 points in the first quarter, then 17, then 14, then another 17. They just... They're relentless. They were just nonstop. They just kept going and they pounded to them. So, moving on though, our bowl games. Did you want to talk about bowl games or rankings? Let's do the let's do the playoff because that's the juicy one. That's the one everyone kind of cares about. Okay, you know, uh, since we already established that again, if you haven't heard, the Peach Bowl, which will be the first semifinal, that'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. It'll be the LSU Bayou Tigers versus the Oklahoma Sooners. LSU's uh, the one seed, Oklahoma's four. And then out in Tempe, Arizona, or is it Glen? Uh, it's Glendale, Arizona. Glendale, Arizona for the uh, Fiesta Bowl. It's going to be number two, Ohio State. Buckeyes versus Your the Clemson Buckeyes. Tigers. The Ohio Clemson State Tigers. Buckeyes. Which, if you want, want to go ahead, you can talk about um, whether the rankings or matchups. Go on and start, and then we'll go from there. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? There's a lot of bowl games. There's so many bowl games. Let's just it's... focus on the playoff first, and then we'll go into, like, the bowl games on, like, another um, episode. Because we still okay. got Army-Navy this weekend. Okay. So, Clemson-Ohio yeah. State. Uh, Clemson by two. Um, Ohio State is favored to actually win this game, though. Uh, Wait, are you sure? I thought it was Clemson favored. No. Clemson minus two is uh, favored. Yeah, but matchup predictions fifty four percent for Ohio State versus oh, Clemson. Matchup. Yeah. Um. 
This is a very interesting, very, very interesting game. We've seen what Clemson has done to Ohio State a couple years ago when they beat them 31-0 to um, in the playoff. Clemson's just absolutely manned uh, Ohio State the past few times they played him. Couldn't really understand what was going on and how Urban Meyer just got destroyed. It was like, it was just not happening for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm going to be honest, man. That Ohio State team should have not been in the playoff. They should have had Penn State in there instead of Ohio State. Like, that was the year that Ohio State's only loss was to Penn State, and Penn State was absolutely rolling. But, you know, they decided to put Ohio State in there, and it kind of showed that it, it was kind of a wrong decision. That's my only blimp on the college football playoff I truly have because I felt like that was truly disrespectful. Because Ohio State was on the decline to that season, and Penn State was just absolutely rolling and won the Big Ten championship. And, you know, they had a good Rose game. Committee. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> okay, boy. <laughs> Not really. Seriously. It is I mean, it is it's, all, it's all a committee. Why would you put Oklahoma over Oregon? Honestly, like just because Oregon lost against Arizona State by three points, okay, not ranked. Oklahoma lost. Well, or- State, Oregon though. hasn't been dominant. Yeah, but still, like I just they finished the they finished the season like on a downslide and had a good game against Utah. I just go wow. big games talent wise. If you're winning the big games, I truly think you deserve to be in. And it's just like unfair to even Auburn. They played so many good teams. It just really hasn't been giving them a fair chance to be able to really prove themselves. I'm sure if they didn't have to play so many good ranked teams that they'd be a, a good playoff team as well. Especially with right. Alabama not being in Alabama or Penn State or even Michigan being a big powerhouse this year. You know, that kind of yeah. gives them the chance to move up and be able to give them a spot for the playoff. But then but if you, if you had that argument, you would have had Clemson not even in it. You know what I mean? If we were in the BCS right now, LSU and Ohio State would be playing for the national championship, and LSU or uh, and Clemson would be on the outside, and Clemson would be like, "Well, what the hell?" But Clemson is still thirteen and zero. They almost lost to North Carolina, but they still won. I'm saying difference. If we were in the computers still with the BCS, you would have had Clemson sitting on the outside, and everyone would have been like freaking pissed off. Yeah. Which, but, thank goodness, we have a playoff right now because that would have been the case. This this uh, this game's going to be interesting because it's going to be a battle of the coaches. It really is. Dabo Sweeney, mastermind. Ryan Day, mastermind is in his own way too, although young. Um, they just have different ways of, of how they win games, how they use their players, what plays they want to use, when they want to do them. And it's more of a read and react than it is like a, a game plan going in saying, okay, well, we're going to do this, going to do that. At some point you do have a guide, but good coaches have the ability to adapt. And that's adjust. the difference is you can't adjust and adapt. Yeah. You can't just go A, B, C, D. You sometimes have to go A, B, E, F, G, come back down D and move around the whole time. And, and that's, that's what, that's why when you see teams get blown out, you're like, oh, what is going on? Why isn't this working? Because you got because they're just sticking to the same game plan. They just don't know how to adjust to it. Overall, offensively, I mean, the points per game is pretty much equal here. Ohio State has two more points per game. Um, points allowed per game. 
two more for Ohio State, two less for Clemson. The total yards, they have about almost 550 each. Passing and rushing is about the same. Yards allowed is about the same. Um, the only thing that Ohio State may be a little bit more strong in is that defensive line and the ability yeah, to get the defensive line and the ability to read the play immediately and then get not just one guy to the play, but every single guy to the play right away. So it's it's the mindset of just attack the ball carrier. Keep it simple. Get to the guy who's got the ball and just get him down the ground. We've seen it to like the last play of the game where I don't know what player it was, but he just cracked uh, that quarterback, Sean Cohen or whatever his oh, name was. That was, that was about to be the over the under, man. I was, was so mad that he ran for it. <laughs> it, was, it was the last play of the game, and he just got destroyed. Why would you oh, even attempt God. that? The game is over. Just forget about it. And then also there was another play where all the Buckeyes, they just gained up. It was Chase Young, and then it was a couple of other ones. Just gained up all on one player and just pushed them back like five to ten yards. So it's coaching. It's mindset, mental toughness. It's not even like athletic ability because we know these teams can score points. We know well, Justin Fields thing. can throw the ball it's deep. Your, we know Trevor Lawrence can make big, big plays. Uh, all right, I have a legit question. Because we saw Fields with that um, knee brace on so, with the sprain MCL. So is it is he doing healthy? I, I don't really follow Ohio State football. So I don't know if you've seen anything. But that could be a factor. Because I don't know any. Because it does depend. Because he moves around in the pocket really well. And that RPO is a big part of that Ohio State offense right now. Always has been. Yeah. Always has been. The spread offense is really big for them as well. That's pretty much what they run. Um, yeah. It's just having the two weeks off is going to be good for his knee, too. But I don't know if it, it got aggravated again in the Big Ten Championship. I don't know if you heard anything about it. I saw that he got hurt, but it wasn't bad enough to where he couldn't come back and play. They threw a brace on there to just kind of secure it so that nothing would happen more. Yeah, you know, just because I, I don't think he really there's no way he tore something because he wouldn't be able to stay up there and make those those type of moves. But it is a concern that if you went down the way he did and he threw a brace on it, obviously we're a little bit weaker on that side and things are going to give on other parts of the body. So it is a concern. Giving off two weeks is a big um, is very important. Um, they're going to trust the strength, conditioning, athletic staff and all the team doctors to be able to get him right so that he doesn't lose any athleticism at any strength any uh speed or agility or anything like that as well as why he's kind of recovering from it so as far as that goes i think ohio state will do a good job it still is a concern because i mean we see what happened with two there is i know it wasn't based on the ankle or the knee or whatever it was but he still got hurt he still was injured now in surgery and then there goes alabama so when Justin Fields goes down, I, I do not trust the backup quarterback. And usually Ohio State does a good job of keeping all their backups at full, like maximum capacity. That backup, Chuganova, whatever his name is, I don't know what this guy is doing. We should have just kept Tate, Mar Tate Martell because he was a great backup. And, uh, yeah, because this backup, when even at the Rutgers game, he couldn't do nothing. And unless they got, unless he got his stuff together, I have no idea what's going to happen. So we're relying on right. him to stay healthy. 
But overall, this game comes down to coaching experience because we know that both these teams have great athleticism and can and can score and can play good defense as well. Um, it's just what type of play scheme we're going to run. What you know? What what players are going to use? Are we going to mix things up? What are we going to do? So it'll be interesting because I really don't have much to say as far as who I think is going to win this because I truly think this is an even battle this year. I think if the only way Ohio State can win this game is if they stay strong on defense and they can be consistent with the ball. So first down after first down after first down, rather than trying to go for a third and fifteen or fourth and one. Just continue to continually move those chains, try to tire out that defense, and then when you get on defense, don't make stupid decisions. Don't make stupid penalties. Just get to the ball carrier and get them down. Yeah, this is definitely the most interesting matchup out of the two. Like I said, it has national championship feels. This was going to be my national championship prediction if Ohio State was number one and Clemson was still number three. But anywho... Um, Clemson's been on a tear, absolutely. They've won the last um, games ever since the UNC game by an average of 35 points. They've been on an absolute tear. Absolutely scoring all over the place. Trevor Lawrence has found his groove again. The Ellis, or the Clemson offense has just been rolling through. Ohio State has had a tougher schedule, but has shown a little bit of vulnerability. I think now a lot of people... Back to me on this, but Ohio State's secondary kind of gets a little exposed a little bit. I think it's just because Chase Patterson did a great job against that Ohio State secondary, just passing on the little tight windows that he was able to find. And now you're going to have Trevor Lawrence passing on that secondary. I think that could be a problem for Ohio State. But yeah, I mean, Ohio State's advantage is the defensive line if they can get after Trevor Lawrence and um, make it a long day for him. Clemson does have a strong offensive line, no doubt about it. But it's going to be interesting to see if they have a certain game plan for Chase Young like Wisconsin did for Chase Young. Wisconsin was double-teaming him, triple-teaming him. him. So what are you going to do with all the other guys? I know know Ohio State has some raw guys on the other side of Chase Young that can get to the quarterback with ease too. But just the way that offensive line and that defensive line is going to be interesting. Now if you can flip it to the other side – um, J.K. Dobbins is definitely – you got to get him going on the outside zone plays. Wisconsin did a good job of shutting down the outside zone because that's Ohio State's bread and butter. They love using the zone play of with the running back in the zone read with Justin Fields in there too, picking off slants, um, using his wide outs. They've been using a lot of their tight ends most recently too. Um, which you don't really is, see. Which you don't really see, which, which is, is kind of nice. shocking. Which is really nice. It's good to see for, that. if you're an Ohio State fan too, yeah. But Clemson, yeah, they lost. Um, I think Clemson's problem early on when they were trying to find a groove was they lost a lot of talent on the defense, particularly on the defensive line. Like they had three All Americans on the defensive front with Wilkins and um, Farrell, um, and uh, I forget the other dude's name, but all all three Amer- All Americans went to the NFL. But the back end of Clemson is really, really good. The back seven with their linebackers and secondary have been stellar all year in the shutting down those tight passing windows and making life miserable for the quarterbacks, holding the ball a little bit longer so that way those uh, defensive linemen can get there quicker. So I think the most interesting factor is are they going to be able to get KJ or um, J.K. Dobbins, KJ, 
KJ. There's KJ Hill. He's a receiver. There's KJ Hamler, KJ Hill, and then JK Dobbins. JK Dobbins. Jeez, man. Next you know, JK Rollins is gonna be on the team. <laughs> JK Rollins, yeah. But anyway, if they can get that zone going, because that is Ohio State's bread and butter, that outside zone, getting Dobbins the ball and you know, Justin Fields doing the zone read, picking up the part on the slants and the go routes um, from everyone committing to Dobbins. But Clemson is very stout on defense on the back seven, like I said. So when it comes down to passing situations is Justin Fields, because we haven't seen Justin Fields be in a tight situation yet either. Like I said about um, Ryan Day in Ohio State, which – you got to give credit to coaching staff to Clemson because they still have all their assistant coaches from years past, and they have all the playoff experience. I think playoff experience in college football is more vulnerable, like more um, valuable than in the pros because it is a different stage. It truly is than your Big Ten championship game or Michigan-Ohio State. And then you have to put, do it twice if you win. So it's, I do it's... – No, go ahead. I do give advantage to Clemson. Clemson, um, we'll give our predictions next week when we do all of our bowl matchups. I do give the advantage to Clemson, though, because Justin Fields has got to prove to me that he can be able to dissect that back seven at Clemson, which is really good. Clemson's going to have probably the entire secondary and most of their linebackers drafted, too, if they commit to the NFL this year or whenever they do, because they got a couple I, sophomores in there, too. I can, see your, I can see your point for sure. It's uh, Like I say, it's coaching first and then because the talent is there, we know it. These are you know Dabo's like licking his chops ever. and making like a big splash in this game too. Because he's like, well, we just been running the basics, and the ACC stinks. So, but it's it's battle of experience too. And I gotta be honest with you, Justin Fields, he's a sophomore. He's still a very young kid. I mean, he's even got a baby face on him still. And you can tell that when he when Ohio State is on offense. Almost after every time they almost set, they get back up. They look at the, the coaches. And, I mean, everybody. Do you see that? It's like the only team that I really see do that is they set the play. If the, if the, yeah, um, what it's called is they, all, they freeze the defense. So that way they don't have substitutions. And then they get the play from the sideline. That's what it is. Well, if the offensive coordinators, too, don't like what they're seeing, they'll <coughs> call over the quarter, the call of the players yeah. like while they're on the field. And they'll look at them. And – that just goes to show that it's still a lot of the coaching making the plays rather than the quarterback actually making good decisions. Now, Justin Fields does make good decisions out when, he's, when he has the ball, when he sees a pocket, when he sees an area to run to instead of throwing it. He'll get the yards. He plays very good football, but at the same time, he's no JT Barrett. He's no A.J. McCarron when he was at Alabama. Like these are Or even Trace McSorley. These are guys that still need a lot of development and that we don't really trust yet that can get the um, – get it – Not, I don't want to say get it done, but they still need a lot of guidance. And that is going to be a worry rather than also, seeing Trevor Lawrence get back at it after one, winning a yeah. national championship, right? So I could see the experience of uh, where you're coming with that one. Yeah, also – Ohio State's been getting off to slow starts against really good teams, if you haven't noticed. We do that every half. Every half. Every just, half. They just keep them within – they just keep them within the uh, amount and of you can't, score that you, you can, can come back. And you cannot do that against Clemson, man. You cannot. 
you cannot give that you team. You shouldn't do that against points. anybody. It shouldn't be happening against anybody, but they do it. They yeah. give them that confidence boost. They're like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to win. So, you know, go to the locker room thinking you're going to win. This is not Clemson, up who has been battling with Alabama to be the national champions for the past four years. You, this is a different dog if you get down by 20 points. They're going to keep going, especially with Trevor Lawrence. I, I think the advantage is with Clemson because, one, they have playoff experience. Two, I think Trevor Lawrence right now is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has been nice, but I do like Trevor Lawrence's play. He's he's really dynamic. Trevor Lawrence can run the football and truck you too. I do like 100%. the back seven of Clemson. I do like the front four for Ohio State. It's gonna be a good one. I'm just leaning Clemson right now. I hundred percent take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence any day. Not even statistically, but just as for as far as like overall athletic ability and to get the job done. I I definitely take. Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, great quarterback, he's been there with experience. But as far as being hasn't lost, dominating, like dominating wise, just or dominant, not so much. He's dominant in a different way that Justin Fields is. Their play styles are totally Their different. Their play styles are different, so it's going to be an interesting game. But Trevor Lawrence can run out of the football too. That's what I'm trying to say. Speaking yeah. of a great quarterback. The other matchup is LSU and Oklahoma. That is in the Peach Bowl. That I think that's the first game. That will be the four o'clock game. You have yeah, Joe Burrow's person facing his arch nemesis in Alabama. Used to be in Alabama, and that is Jalen Hurts. He is facing this team for the third time, and it's on Oklahoma. What a great story that Jalen Hurts has been. You know, getting shipped off because the other team, like Tua Moore, goes to Oklahoma, has a stellar year, and is able to get them into the college football playoff. Um, Big 12 champ versus the SEC team that has been dominant, beating all the tough teams. And what do you see out of this matchup? Is it going to be all LSU, who is favored by 13 points right now? Or do you think Oklahoma has a shot to pull off an upset here? The over-under here is 76. That's a lot of points. Which is now really if high. I want if I want to go off previous games that these teams have played, then I could say, yeah, maybe 80 points will be scored. 40 for each team? Hell no. I don't I don't technically believe that. Just because I think LSU is gonna dominate in this game. I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna do that because I think that LSU is given an opportunity at this point to play a team like Oklahoma that they know is technically quote unquote strong, but deep down is not really that strong. And we've seen them play this year of just not. And I've said this earlier in the season when we were talking about these teams is that they were not dominating. You cannot give up 31 points to Houston. You cannot give up 20 points to Kansas. You cannot give up four. 48 points and a loss to Kansas State. You can't give up 41 to Iowa State. You have to be dominant in not just offense, but defense and special teams. And that is just not something that you're going to fix within a couple of months. This is a a huge change in in the system that they're using this year and alignment between everybody involved in the organization of what's going on. Hey, sometimes maybe, yeah, we'll just click. But with what we've seen from this team so far, I just don't believe in it. I think LSU is just too strong overall. And I'd rather be playing – if I'm Ohio State, 
I'd rather be playing Clemson and LSU. And maybe it will be Ohio State, LSU in the championship. But LSU's scary. They're scary all around. They have a lot of talent. They're very well coached. And they can get the job done at any time they need to get it done. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma has been the defense. That's been the issue. They have been better compared from last year to this year. I think they're ranked 30th now in total defense, which is a hell of an improvement from being 120th last year. But Kenneth Murray did go out of the Big 12 championship game with an injury. That might be an impact. Um, You got the number one scoring offense going up against the number two scoring offense. I mean, this might be a big-time shootout. LSU's defense, though, played really well in the SEC championship game, which I was surprised because I thought that um, Jake Fromm was going to have a good day. But they were able to hold him down to only 17 points. And it was only like three for at least three quarters. So is LSU's defense going to be able to make themselves a championship contender? I truly believe so. But right now they're playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma has had um, a problem with fumbling the football, particularly Jalen Hurts, putting it on the ground way too many times. That might be a problem. But I could see LSU just getting up on Oklahoma early and not holding up. I think they could – it could be a scenario last year with like when uh, Oklahoma played Alabama in the Orange Bowl where Alabama was up 28 to nothing in the first quarter. It could be that because Joe Burrow, I don't know how he did it with this passing coordinator from the Saints coming over and changing this whole entire offense, but he has looked really, really good. I don't know how Oklahoma is going to be able to stop that because Oklahoma, when they play – um, defense sometimes. There's, it's just wide open field, to be honest with you, in the passing game, especially in the secondary. And yeah, Joe, that's how Big 12 teams have been able to get success on him. And Joe you're Bur- having Joe Burrow coming in with the hottest offense right now in college football. I think it's going to be a long day for Sooner fans yet again in the college football playoff. The thing with the LSU Tigers and Joe Burrow here is they these guys fight for not every yard but every foot when they're out there. And I've noticed that with this team when I've watched yeah. games is that once Joe Burrow releases that ball and gets a completion to one of his receivers, they are just they're just going. They are not They're good after the catch. Yeah. They're they're and that is a big part in football. There's a lot of different things that goes on in, in winning games and Joe Burrow is a senior. He's he's a big dude. He's 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, he looks like he's ready for the NFL. And I know he came from being a backup out in Ohio State there, but he's probably got some decent coaching out there too under their coaching staff that has gave him the opportunity to transfer to a school like LSU and then shine there. So, But what worries me is I always call oh, myself. Oh, give credit to Ohio State whenever you can, and the classic oh, candidate. Dude, of course. Give give credit where it's deserved. Come on, ah boy, <laughs> be honest. But anyways, the only thing that worries me a little bit, and I do contradict myself a lot because you you have to honestly, if you want to be honest, is when is that game going to happen where they just get, you know, whether they get destroyed in a game or whether they just lose? When is that game going to happen? Like, have you thought where about that? You? Yeah, like. This when they're going to drop an egg? Yeah, they haven't dropped an egg all year. Right, like that has to cross your mind at some point where you know that every team is beatable, whether how good you are or not. 
you can go in and play the worst team and wind up losing for who knows what reason. Joe Burrow may go into the game, he may get hurt, or or something crazy may happen. They may fumble like four times. You never know what's truly going to happen. So you have to kind of think like that too, because there's two ways it could either go really good or really bad. So uh, I don't know. Against Oklahoma, I definitely think they got this wrapped up. But when they get to the championship game, whether they play, have to play Ohio State or Clemson is going to be a tough matchup for them. Yeah, the last three times the national championship has been in New Orleans in the Superdome. LSU has represented them. You were filming in there, right? Where's your camera? Yeah, dude, let's go. You're a cameraman, right, boy? Yeah, dude. We got all the equipment ready to go. <laughs> but I do favor LSU – Probably by two touchdowns right now. I was going to say 20. I was saying LSU by 20. 14 to 20. Yeah, sure. I mean, who knows? Maybe my opinion changes and I pick Oklahoma. I mean, the the offense is good. C.D. Lamb is a great player, too. Yeah, in big games like this, you never know. You really don't know. It could be... It can be just one small throw or one crazy play that leads to seven points plus out of nowhere. You know, we seen Ohio State do it last week against Wisconsin where we thought they were going to lose, and then they scored 27 unanswered. Like, what happened? How come they weren't un- able to stop any of that? It's that just, is very true. It's just you never know what's going to happen. It could just be in a matter of four seconds a huge play can happen, and they could just break down the field. Score a touchdown, then pick six. Now you're up by 14. Fumble for another touchdown, up by 21. So you never know what's going to happen. But it gets exciting when these big teams do play because then you start to you know have a better idea how it's going to go down. But at the same time, you know what would be crazy? If, that, if the committee was ranked the teams off like statistics. I wonder if got it wrong. Yale should have been in there. No, like, think about that. By how many points they scored or how many yards they passed or how many yards the offense generated, how many, how good they've been on defense. I wonder how that would go if they, if they ranked it by that. I wonder if it would be a little bit more fair or just be completely ridiculous. I'm just talking, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just talking in general because I haven't really looked at it, what I would think of it, but just thinking like a better statistical matchup. Right. So, That's what you got your bowl games for. Yeah. Which we'll break down next week, but the game we're going to predict uh, this week is the Army-Navy game, the classic matchup in Philadelphia between <sighs> the armed forces of our Army and Navy. Navy is 23rd right now in the current CFP, which I think it's the last rankings that come out right now. But they are ranked 23rd. They are 9-2. Had a great year. And Army had somewhat of a disappointing year after coming off a really good year. They are 5-7 and seven right now. Army's aiming for their fourth straight win over Navy. This is the 120th installment of the Army-Navy game on Saturday. Who are you going with? Are you going with the Black Knights or the Midshipmen? This game is either or, boys. I'm going to have to go with something is telling me Army. Army plays some good ball. I know Navy is ranked. But this game is really either or. I mean, it is a straight down 50-50 to me. And I'm not saying that just because it's Army-Navy battle between the armed forces here. But Army plays some good ball. And 
I'm just going to have to go with Army, but I'm only going to go by three points, max. Right. The spread so, right now is 10.5 for Navy. I would totally pick against that spread. I'm going to say 24-21 Army, or even like 23-20 Army. I will go with the midshipmen. The midshipmen have had a great, great year in the American Conference. Almost won the damn thing. You're going Navy boy. All right. I'm going Navy. Bod. If, if it was down to me, I would go with the Air Force because Air Force is better than all of them. Oh, well, boy. I um, agree. Air Force is the best. <laughs> but, yeah. No, you're a big Air Force guy. Your dad was in the Air Force, right? Absolutely. So you got to yeah. go with those uh, Hawks or Falcons. It's the Falcons. I can support the Air Force. That would probably be my number one. What are you looking for? Oh, you look for England. It's on the bottom too. <laughs> All right, yeah, I will go with Navy twenty-seven to twenty. I think that's a good score because Army always comes out in this game and plays them tough. Yeah, I'll say twenty twenty-four twenty-one Army. That's my prediction. Yeah. So. It's always a great game. It's always a good game to go to. I always wanted to go to the Army Navy game. I've had a couple of friends that worked um, for the Army Navy, but um, wasn't able to get my credentials. Let's just say the least. All right. Well, that'll do it for this long CFP 100. Thank you for stopping by and listening. Um, if you have any comments, suggestions, let us know. Um, we are available on SoundCloud and Anchor. Leave a comment. What do you think about? The college football playoff, who do you think has got the advantage? Who you think is going to win the whole entire thing? Leave that comment down. Go to Facebook and Twitter. Like us and follow us at Bench Bros 2019. We keep you up to date with every single sports news and highlights. And you can find our podcast there. And on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Breaker, SoundCloud, all of that. So go share this podcast. Make sure you hit that like button. And Anthony, last thoughts. Uh, Ohio State versus Clemson. Go Bucks. Give it to them. O-H-I-O. All right. And we want JMU in the college football playoff. They deserve it, damn it. Uh, You've got some (laughs) FCS football, too, so don't sleep on that. And also, look out for Joe Burrow to win the Heisman again. And also the Army-Navy game. So, those are my last thoughts. Uh, Go Grizz, too. I think the Grizzlies are in the... FCS. I'm not going to look into it though, but go Montana Grizz. The the New York Grizzly Bears, right? New York Grizzly Bears. Got a commercial here right now, Montana. NYU, NYU football. NYU, yeah. NYU, that's, I think that's it. NYU Aces. Oh, no, that's University of Evansville. Yeah, put University of Evansville in there. Rutgers beats. James Madison for the national championship. All right. I'm Rutgers beats LSU at Ohio State at the same time. <laughs> I must explain that was Buckeye Anthony Pettini. We'll catch you on next week when we do our bowl predictions and national championship predictions. So catch us in the next CFP 100. We are out.